Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode of the Fitness Pro Mentor podcast. Glenn and I, we are the Minds and Muscle show, and we love helping personal trainers like you have the career you deserve, two to three extra personal income, and ultimately make it rain. Today, we got a fun one inspired by a student conversation I had yesterday, and I think it's going to be an absolute blast for us to go over. But Glenn, how are you doing today? I am. I'm in an extremely good mood, Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, man. Extremely good mood as well. Mm -hmm. Things are good. Uh, so yesterday, I had a conversation with Ahmed. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that's listening, Ahmed's one of our students. And he brought up a great thing. He said, hey, I want to ask you a question, Brandon. Um, of every personal attorney you know that is making it, crushing it, and is making over six figures a year, what characteristics do they all have in common? And I thought, wow, that would be a great podcast episode because there's a lot of different things I've seen in my own personal experience. And I'm sure Glenn, through a mentorship role in his own exploration, probably has some pretty incredible stuff to share too. So I thought it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be a fun one. I think it's uh, always... It's always a good time for us to sit back and be introspective as well. One of the things I love about doing the podcast is that it has me think about things that I do in my business. I'm sure it's very similar for you. And I grow out of it a lot. And I think talking about characteristics goes a long way because if you can figure out the, uh, the building blocks of the characteristics and the qualities that make uh, a really strong personal trainer that earns a lot of money and is happy with their business and has clients that are happy, then you can reverse engineer, like we always talk about, reverse engineer the things you need to do to start building those qualities out and become that person. So I think it's a fantastic conversation. And I don't know if I hear a lot of people talking about qualities. There's a lot of certifications, what do you have to learn, technical stuff, marketing, all that kind of thing. But we don't always talk about these pillars of qualities. And so I think it's going to be a fun one today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, there's an interesting meta-analysis to look at uh, your own business when you've been doing this for a while, but then also we've been able to work with a lot of different students and observe friends and mentors and peers of mine, and it's, it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, I want to kick this off kind of in a slightly different direction because um, typically we talk a lot about business characteristics and in, in this Fitness Pro Mentors podcast, it's kind of geared that way. But Ahmed brought something up and there was something that kind of got me fired up thinking about it. There's this schism between personal training and uh, technical delivery, if you will, and then how you professionally deliver that service. And there's an incredible amount of personal trainers in LA, uh, quite literally, who are incredible actors, don't know anything about fitness, exercise science really at all, but their communication skills and their delivery of what they do, they have so much conviction that they make $200 an hour. LA is a little different. You can, of course, get that, but they make a killing at that high-quality, uh, high-end price point, but they really don't have any business or uh, technical acumen per se. And then there's other folks who are technical swords and they're absolutely incredible, but they don't know how to communicate with anybody. The thing that stands out to me is I think of my good friend, uh, Charlie McMillan, who's a friend of the podcast, friend of the show, friend of all of ours. He's incredible. And he's someone that does almost no online business marketing for himself whatsoever, but he's a ridiculously brilliant guy. He's working on his PhD, double masters, like he's just a wizard. And the reason why I bring him up is because no matter what you do and how you present yourself, you have to get incredible results with people. And I think that's a really important thing. Like you need to make sure that no matter what you're charging, no matter how busy you are, if you're not getting results with people, no one will stay. And I think that that might accidentally get lost in the kind of art and science of growing your business. So what, what would you characterize that quality as? Getting results? Well, I mean, yeah, because getting results is, is that a quality? Because getting results is, the, is literally the result, right? It's not really the, the thing that leads you to getting the result. When I think about quality, I think of like a way of being. And result is in a way of being. Does that make sense? 
I think the personal trainer who gets the results um, has the characteristics to figure out exactly what exercise and what exercises and when to do them and when to pivot. I'm not sure exactly for quality, but if, if someone, the ability for someone to be able to make sure they get the results in their client is absolutely uh, crucial. Absolutely crucial. Uh, I mean, a reason why I bring that up is that we've seen a lot of really incredible communicators. Mm-hmm. And these communicators are making incredible impact with people and being able to convey some great ideas. However, if you are hired to have a person achieve a specific result from the pain funneling, being able to play with their grandkids, being able to get more out of their knee before a knee replacement, and ultimately get weight loss if that's one of those goals. And we can't get those changes or at least get changes that align with the pains of the individual in front of you. That's a big problem. Sure. And that's where retention starts to go out the window and starts to break down a little bit. Well, so I, I think this filters into, for me, one of the big qualities that we've discussed before in, in one way or another, which is, um, to coin, I don't know if you, uh, well, I'll, I'm going to give you the coinage of the term because I haven't heard anyone else say it before, but to be a figure-outer, right? So if you've got a problem in your business, you are, to like boil it down, you're either going to be someone who's going to figure that out or you're going to be someone who decides not to take action and lets that thing fester and linger and never really deal with it. And that is where I think a lot of people stumble to move into making the kind of money they want, have the impact that they want is when they come up against the problem, are, do they have the mindset and the qualities of being able to figure out and know how to look at the resources they have and find the solution, whether it's a marketing solution, a solution with a client, a, a solution to make more money, finding the revenue stream, whatever that might be. Are they the kind of person where innately, if left to their own devices, are they going to go seek ways to figure things out? Or are they just going to, you know, either like be the victim and say, woe is me? Or are they just going to be content, which is fine as well, if that's how you want to be. In my mind, I think one of the key skills of someone who's successful in almost any de- endeavor is, are you the kind of person that's going to figure it out? Or are you just going to let it sit and fester? And, and by the way, like not taking any action or being indecisive is, is still taking an action towards nothing, right? So like if you're a figure out or you're either saying, I'm going to find a solution to this problem for this client, for my business, or you're going to say, I'm just going to f- ignore this thing, whether it's a big deal or not. Yeah, for sure. I think in tandem in that, and if we're trying to label it as qualities, I think there's the kind of art and science of delivery that is a gigantic piece. Because when we, if you've ever taken the resistance training specialist program, there's a, a three circle uh, combination that Tom has put together. And, and one is what you know, one is what you do, and the one is delivery. And I think that's a perfect example for this because if you can figure out, as Glenn regarded, figuring out what the client needs, how you deliver that idea to help make sure they understand where it fits into their fundamental objective is really important. Mm. The example I gave with Ahmed yesterday, which I thought was a, a fairly decent one, was if you've got a client that comes in and they have some sort of spine problem, and let's say it's a spondylolisthesis, so they got a fracture in their back, it's pretty big, and they're worried about it. And on top of that, on their disease history page, you see they've got type 2 diabetes. Well, you have some interesting things going on because we have the direct structural changes of this piece. So one, in your education-based sessions or in your actual session, being able to talk mechanically to the individual, the delivery of what spondylolisthesis is and the mechanical implications of it, 
I think is very important. If you can become someone, like we talk about scene, creating shareable, educational, engaging, and nurturing content, if you can teach the client that you have about what spondylolis thesis is and have them understand it better from you than they do their physician, at least the mechanical implications, that's absolutely fantastic. So you have the delivery of that. Then second, you might have the ideology that, okay, I want to do some lower leg training with this individual because I know the shock absorption component of it and the direct nerve communication and blood flow component, potentially from diabetes and peripheral neuropathy connected from type 2 diabetes, absolutely could be a factor here. Well, how do you have someone that's got a back problem and you say, hey, listen, we're going to do some work on your feet. How do you create a compelling story to talk to them about why the foot training, stimulation, and contractions are so important as it relates to the back and that's a whole thing, being able to talk about how there's decreased blood flow and the change in nerve innervation to the lower segments of the foot, and that those foot muscles, especially the peroneals on the outside, go to the same nerve segment where your spondylolisthesis is. We have this kind of now central nervous system to periphery and then periphery to nervous system contraction opportunity, and we can create some really cool changes. I think that there's kind of an interesting thing. So when we're talking about six-figure qualities, I think delivery has to be on the radar. Mm, and we're talking about not, not just delivery of communication, but delivery of the whole exercise session, the whole exercise experience. Entire experience. 100%. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the delivery is absolutely huge. And I think part of the delivery, and this kind of ties in something I was thinking about in terms of qualities before, and you had actually touched upon this a little bit when you talked about those LA $200 trainers. You know, one of the things, whether it's deliberate or not, one of the things I think a great exercise professional has and does is they're a chameleon for whoever's in front of them. And not a chameleon in the sense that they're trying to pull the wool over the client's eyes and be something that they're not or try to trick the client into something where we're, we want to be as honest with people as we can. But it's not about you necessarily being yourself in the sessions and finding people that like you and work well with you. It's for the people that are coming in with the problems that they have. Can you match your personality your communication to what they want and what they're going to like in the experience and ha help them get the most value out of your time together and get the results that they want. It's not about you having a great time and being a professional best friend. I think it's one of the things that I think a lot of the trainers here at Strata do really well is I've got clients who are the type A go-getter push them no matter what. You know, I own my own business and I make millions of dollars a year kind of people. And then I've got the people who are like retired teachers with some back pain and discomfort, a little bit more quieter, don't want to move things as fast, a lot more worrisome, all that kind of stuff. And I am, and I think everyone else here is as well, am able to match my uh, aptitude when I'm with them and how I behave and how I act to their personality so it's something that they like, so that they enjoy it, so that they have a great experience here. So I think to be a chameleon and to match who's in front of you is a really, really important thing. I think a lot of people are either extreme extroverts who are very talkative, very social, very outgoing. And likewise, the people who are extreme introverts who are very to themselves, don't like to be out in big public squares, um, maybe not like to spend time in front of a lot of people. Both those ends of the spectrum tend to struggle with that a little bit more because they're not used to having to deal with people who are super talkative and chatty or likewise, who are a lot more quiet and into themselves. And you have to be able to learn how to match the flow of those people when you see them uh, in person. 100%. I think that's a brilliant point. The being the chameleon, the being the professional chameleon is absolutely critical. And it's a tough skill to figure out. Mm. I mean, you can only do it from just, you have to do it from just showing up and being present all the time. Absolutely. Well, I think it's one of those things about, then it kind of comes into that big skill of being a figure-outer. Because if you're not constantly trying to reevaluate and be like, how do I make this person as comfortable as possible? and still get what they need of the session, 
you're, you're going to be missing the boat. And then it really kind of comes into that communication quality as well, which is, are you asking these people when you meet them in your consultations? Are you doing your education systems? Are you asking them what they want the session to look like? Are you collecting that information? We have multiple touch points with our clients where when we send them out with the health history questionnaire, we ask them, do you want to feel sweaty? Do you want to be in less pain when you're here? Do you want your heart rate to go up? Do you want to feel tired? Do you want to feel energized after a session? How do you want to feel? And then we're also constantly evaluating on a subjective level when I'm talking to this person in my initial meeting with them, how fast is their vocality, right? Are they loud? Are they more quiet? What's their posture like? And then we're also just directly asking them, hey, when we're in the sessions together, I tend to educate a lot to try to help you understand why we're doing things, help to get, deliver as much value as possible. Are you the kind of person that wants to know every little thing and wants to be highly educated? Or are you more into just doing the thing and you want less education? Tell me how you want to experience this thing. And when we have all those different avenues, the direct ask, right? Getting the information through the health history questionnaire and then picking up on the subtle subjective cues, we all get a pretty good idea within the first three hours with this person how they want those sessions to go. And it makes our client experience off the very bat that much more impactful than maybe other training facilities where they're working with other trainers because we already have a pretty good idea right away what these people are looking for out of their one-to-one -one exercise experience. I mean, I couldn't agree more. That chameleon, a chameleon point exemplified. It's important and brilliant. And I mean, I'd say Glenn and everyone here does that absolutely uh, starringly well. Well, you got on your list over there. I got two more things, but I want to hear what you got. Well, one of the things that I have here, and I think it, it's, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's hard to prioritize a lot of this stuff because really the priority should be where's the biggest gap in your experience right now for your clients, results, value, communicate, whatever that is, and then working on it. For me, one of the things that comes up is like, are you an explorer? Are you willing to venture into new things that you're uncomfortable with and like playing with them almost like a kid experiencing Lego for the first time and seeing what you can build out of it? Because I think a large part of what ends up happening as we get older right? As the old saying goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, which is just to say that as we get older, people tend to be more rigid and rigid in their ideologies, their way of thinking. Can you maintain this kind of youthful playfulness when you're exploring working with clients? Because a large part of helping and serving people is are you able to get creative with the information and knowledge that you have in order to deliver them the best experience and the results that you can in the time that you're spending together. And so I think to maintain the idea of like a childlike playfulness or to be an explorer of exercise and of communication and of knowledge and of the world and of the client experience is really gonna serve you. Because it allows you to do a couple things, I mean, most certainly deliver a better experience to clients and, and give them lots of value, but maybe something that doesn't get talked about as much is it allows you to not be rigid in what you're looking at. One of the the most brilliant stories I've ever heard in this is the story of a famous uh, earthquake researcher. Um, and this gentleman, for 50 years of his career, from the age of 20 when he first started his graduate studies up to 50, held rigid to a certain theory and ideology. And uh, one day he was meeting with younger researchers and they're discussing their information, their findings with him. And he realized in that moment that the way he was seeing his theories about how earthquakes began and starting their effects on the world of the tectonic plates was completely wrong. And he was able at the age of 75 to drop those preconceived notions and start moving and start building on what he knew and taking this new line of research and ended up really able to collaborate with these young, uh, younger researchers in his lab and be able to come up with new vastly different theories that impact the way we look at how the earth changes through climate change. 
which is absolutely brilliant. Because if he wasn't able to be an explorer of new information and let go of the rigidness in his ideology and be able to flow and see this new information with this kind of playfulness, this kind of childlike manner, we might not have the information that impacts the world that we do this way and the way we go about looking at climate change in the future, right? Now, I'm not trying to take a political state with, statement here with climate change, but really what I'm trying to say is, is that if you get too rigid in your ideologies and you can't maintain the ability to explore new ideas and concepts frequently, you will get stuck. And information is changing all the time now at, 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 at rates of expediency that we never saw because of the internet and communications. You have to be able to explore and approach things with this kind of open mindset as often as you can. Yeah, and you said something like right at the beginning, you said like the when a kid sees Lego for the first time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's that idea, but then like have the kid go back to the Lego mm. and constantly revisit the same tools and go, okay, today I'm going to use Lego, but I'm going to make an apple. Today I'm going to make Lego and I'm going to make a, a moving machine. You know, and I think that there's that, that funness and that's kind of bleeds into one of the points that I was excited about. I was explaining this uh, to uh, this Ahmed, to Ahmed, um, one of our students. Is, as, and when I look at every trainer who is uh, in this category, characteristics, as you will, the idea of being an educator and embodying the characteristics of an educator have been really game-changing. Um, I think of Dave Friday, a friend of ours, a friend of the podcast, uh, Johnny Cook at PHP, uh, Kevin Dunn. I mean, many people that I mean, I've seen crushing it and, in my opinion, have these uh, six-figure qualities I've been seeing for years, all of which have been trying to teach the ideas that they're learning to help get a mastery level of information. And it comes back to the Lego idea and the exploration. Taking an idea like the spondylolis thesis thing and being able to explain the mechanics of it to another personal trainer and have the personal trainer get it. But then also being able to break down that education to a 15-year-old athlete and to a 65-year-old grandmother, there's a huge uh, array of options of how you could deliver that same thing. I think there's something beautiful with learning how to tell the same story to everyone in a way that each person learns it differently. Because if you've got a thousand people, that's potentially a thousand different stories. But on the broader sense, the educator quality, it's not just about the teaching side of it. It's also the everyone I know takes the chance and pushes themselves to try to teach so they can get that authority and help wherever they are be a pillar. I've seen this with myself. I've seen it with Glenn. I've seen it with Taylor. I've seen it with many. Johnny Cook, I use him because he hasn't really taught for a company that anyone knows of, but he taught his own course. That helps really other people see Johnny as an expert. And when they see Johnny as an educational expert for PHP, then they see PHP at a, leather, a higher level status because they go, oh my gosh, not only are they a great personal training studio, they're actually elevating the status of other people around them. And there's something really beautiful to that. So I will say this, that if you're listening to this and you're thinking these qualities, everything that Brandon and Glenn kind of relates to me, I would encourage everyone here, once you get a little bit busy and or if you're feeling stuck, try to start teaching in your area. Start helping other personal trainers in your town and become a study group holder, if you will, because it just helps so much. It can be a game changer for you, your communication, your understanding of the information. You will find out where your holes are in the communication. If you can't explain something, you can go back to the drawing board. I didn't even know how to explain force. And then you can also figure out how to use that storytelling to talk to other clients. I have one more quality that I want to go over. I think you probably have one, yeah, one more. Okay, I wonder if it's gonna be the same one because I feel like it might. So for me, the last quality I was thinking about, um, and it should be honestly, a no-brainer, but I feel like it really bears repeating anyways. You have to be an action taker. You have to be an action taker. And there, there's really no way around that. If I was to look at 
the one quality that I think the people in the fitness promenaders program who are the most successful in body is that they take action. I'm going to use uh, Dan Greenbaum as an example. He is a fellow we've been working with for almost 30 weeks now, right? So over half a year. And I mean, he's seen, he's got, a, he's got his own gym and um, the gym at Prospect and he's got a handful of trainers. And when we started working with him, um, we gave him a lot of different stuff to work on. And the thing that impressed me the most about him was that every week he'd come back with everything done. Despite running his own gym, having trainers underneath him, having a kid at home, a wife, a family, a dog, all that stuff, he'd always find a way to get everything done. And he's seen his business take off. He's hired three more trainers since then. They're all getting exponentially more busier. The lead generation is ramped up to almost double consistently on a weekly basis. They close more and more as we're helping them work on the sales, the communication piece, teaching him to teach his trainers what to do next. Because every week he comes in, he's taking the actions and he's given me and you always something to build on top of from the previous week. Yeah, yeah. And when you don't take action, it's hard to build on top of that thing. If you're trying to build a house, you've got to excavate the ground, you've got to put in your foundation, then you've got to start putting up your bricks, and then you start putting up the interior, then you do the flooring and the walls, but you have to do everything sequentially, otherwise the house doesn't get built. And if you're stuck excavating the entire time, this might be a frustrating, upsetting to hear, but you don't get to build the rest of the house. If you're constantly not trying to improve your communication, if that's the thing that you need to work on, or trying to build the knowledge to help make sure your clients get the results, you can't get to the next level. It's unfortunate. Even those people we talked about who are really great chameleons in LA who might not have the most technical information, they got really great at building the marketing, the communication, the sales, and the business skills. And even if they didn't have the technical stuff, they're still getting slammed busy because they've got the stuff they need to because they're taking action. So for me, the biggest thing, and I can't stress enough, is you have to take action. Because here's the thing, even if you don't know what you're doing, you take action enough in enough different directions, you'll figure out what works and what doesn't work. Just if you're listening and you've got a growth mindset and you're absorbing information from the right people, you'll fail a lot less because you'll be failing from, so you'll be learning from other people's failures instead of just learning from your own. So I love learning from Brandon because Brandon took the career path that I wanted to and I've grown a ton more in the past years from learning him about business and technical stuff than I have at other facilities only because I'm following that path and I'm learning from Brandon. And now the trainers that we work with in our FPM program are learning from our failures how to grow their business and they're moving exponentially forward. Just to give you a real quick example because I really want to believe this a point is it surprises me how many trainers don't continually increase their rates. It boggles my mind. Either they don't know how to have the conversation or they're worried about they don't have the accountability to do it. And one of the things that I think we've done with most people in our program, we've had them all increase their rates. And if you increase your rates by 10% and that's the only thing you do, congratulations, next year you increase your revenue by 10% by literally having a total of 15 minutes of conversations, which is pretty damn impressive for by any stretch of the imagination. But you have to be uh, an action taker to do those things. And you have to get over yourself to have those conversations. And you'd be surprised how easy that is. I just, I was telling Brandon beforehand, I just decided to increase my rates now. And I increased it by 10% across the board for everyone. I've spoken to eight people so far, nine people, and no one's balked at it at all. And here we go. I'm gonna start 2023 already off with making 10% more just by having a whole bunch of conversations. So you have to be an action taker. That's like the last thing I'm gonna put out there, Brandon. Yeah. 
And then, so the last one I've got that kind of comes off the heels of this, and I would call it, you know, it kind of goes the action taking thing. It's a little different. I'm called be a shower upper. Um, and I think that's, I think, you know, I think of all of this stuff, it, it has to be the foundation of all of this. Like, no matter what you do, always show up. If you show up, you will make things happen. If you put the time in your schedule, you will make things happen. Jordan Peterson said a great quote, systems lean towards that which is measured. So if you're measuring and you're putting time in and you're focused towards a specific task and you show up, you will make it happen. And most people don't even show up. Like the procrastinators don't even try to show up. So I won't belabor this point because it's pretty simple. If you have a goal, show up. Keep showing up. Be the first one at your place. Be the last one to leave. Be the showcase the best example of everything. Do all the characteristics that you embody. Do it. And if you do it, your business, your peers, the people around you will see it and it will trickle to them. And your clients will feel the priority that you create around them and it will help show up. But anyway. I know you're going to say, but I want to interject real quick. I, I never thought I would quote Woody Allen in my entire life. But I, I read a quote of his, and, and maybe someone else said it before him. They probably did it in another way. But he's, you know, it was something, something to the extent of most people just say show up. And that's not the full, the full truth. And you, you, you kind of alluded to this already. Well, you actually said it. Step one is showing up, and step two is doing something. Right? You can't just show up. How many trainers work at those big commercial gyms, and they show up every day for those long hours, but they don't go talk to people on the floor? They just work out and hope for the best, right? you got to show up, and then you got to do something. Couldn't agree more. you got to do something. So that was just a little caveat I want to add in there. So what's your pick of the week, dude? Dang it. Ah, you beat me to it. Um, i got so much different stuff I could talk about here. And I've been really working on, on some of the, you know, we call it in our program Money Now stuff, which are things you can start doing right now to uh, increase the revenue in your business. One of the things is resurrection calls, another thing is increasing your rates. A third thing is start networking with, excuse me, allied professionals and go there and do presentations. And we do a fair bit of presenting here at Strata. We love it um, because it helps us build our communication skills, it helps us help our community more. It's really a net positive for everyone. And Brandon and I were trying to figure out well, how do we get in touch with more people? How do we change more people's lives? And how do we get more foot traffic in here? And one of the things that we landed on was, well, why don't we leverage all these amazing connections that we already have that Brandon's developed over the years that I've developed over my years here and start figuring out some presentations we can do at other places? Because we have an audience here, sure, but other people have a whole audience that we've never seen that we can tap into. And because we are never looking to, when we network with people, step on their toes and try to steal their business. We're not like that. We want to help people and be an adjunct to what they do. We want to serve more people. And so Brent and I both started reaching out to some of our connections in the past, and we've already lined up in the past week two presentations to do at some of our allied connections. Uh, chiropractors that both Brandon and I work with that we have close, close connections with yep. uh, this facility. Brandon works with one of the chiropractors. I work with the other. And then a, uh, a nutritionist. Uh, she's way more than nutritious. She owns a place in our local, um, our local town called Harmony House Wellness where they do everything but exercise. They have osteo, they have chiro, they have psychology, um, they have massage, they do nutrition, but they don't do the exercise piece. And so now we're working on having me do a presentation there for all their people on exercise. And I'm talking to her about doing a, a presentation here about how you can manage inflammation, how you can manage your health with nutrition so that our clients can start eating better so they can even start seeing better results here. And because we trust these people and they trust us, it's a really no-brainer. 
we just got to show up there and do a presentation that we've already done 50, 100 times. They come here and they do a presentation that they've done 50, 100 times that gets great results, makes people happy. And they're going to get some exposure out of it. We'll get some exposure out of it. And I guarantee that we'll get some clients. And I guarantee that they'll get some clients. They already have. I've already referred one of these nutritionists um, $5,000 worth of business already. And she's already super thrilled to come here and do stuff and to refer me people. So I'm, I know for my pick a week, it's a little bit longer. But I'm saying go out there, meet people in your community. Don't try to sell them anything. Just go meet them. Talk to them. Get to know them. Learn about them. Ask some questions. And only then, if it feels like it makes sense to do something with them, say, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but we've got this presentation on how to exercise and it's helped some of our people move better. We've got pain and discomfort and it might really help some of your uh, clients um, with some of the adjustments you've been making. I don't know if it makes sense or not, but we would, you know, I would love to, we would love to do the presentation here, help them get some value and help raise our local community. Do you think that's something that you might be interested in hosting here? And if not, that's okay too, right? Just nice meeting you today. What do you think about that? And overwhelmingly, they usually say, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. Win works. And that's it. So it. my pick of the week, money now stuff, go out and meet people in your community. You've got nothing to lose outside of growing your network. Love that's it. it. Love it. Brandon, POTW, pick of the week. Success story reverse engineering. Oh. So um, there's a, a fun thing. I mean, you see a lot of different teachers and I see it in music, music land and I see it in, in fitness land. I see it everywhere is when someone says the best thing about teaching is what you get to learn from your students. Well, that idea, I mean, what you get to do is if you see a, a student, for example, who absolutely takes your information and crushes and succeeds, you can look and go, okay, well, what characteristics do they have? What's different than to what I do? What did they do with the information that I didn't see? And what's really powerful about being able to look at, not necessarily a student, but someone that you revere and find engaging yourself, taking a step back and reverse engineering what they've done to grow their business has worked really, really well for a lot of people. I think what a really cool thing, and I'll tell you that when I was starting to design our website, and obviously there's, you won't see this connection now, but when I was designing our website and trying to think about visuals and storytelling, I remember six years ago, uh, I'm still, I still love Apple. And I was always intrigued by how Apple computers would use people to sell their stuff, right? Sell them to they, they do the technology thing. They talk about like the iPhone and the brand new camera. But when you watch their commercials, their advertisements, it's all about the people. You see a young girl sitting out playing in the yard with a teddy bear and her iPad. And then you see a grandma using her iPad playing a game and she's smiling. And this people really, really help to sell that product. And so for me, me looking at Apple, which is a billion dollar company way outside of my league, but I could look at their website, look at their content, look at their people and pay attention to, well, how does Tim Cook communicate? How does he present himself on stage? How do they deliver a new product idea? How do they market that product? Uh, what is their customer service like? And as much as it is different than what I do, you can learn a ton from every mentor, person of figure, business that you like. When you look at, here's an example. Think of your favorite product and or service. Pick, a, pick one that's big, something that's probably doing a few million dollars in business and look at their content and go, what are they doing? And I always think, of, I love watch companies. You know, I used to be obsessed with watches, right? If you think, you look at Rolex or Breitling, these multi-thousand dollar watches, what do they do to advertise? What images do they use? What kind of images? What's the quality of image? What's around it? What textures do they use? What does the website look like? What does it feel like? And how does it compel you to make a purchase? Anyway, reverse engineer people who've already succeeded and see what you can steal and borrow from them so you can adopt it into your own philosophy. You know, one of the best ways to do that, believe it or not, um, read biographies of people that inspire you and have, and if, if they've done what you've done or what you want to do, absolutely go that way. But 
find a really well-written like self-biography or a memoir because what you'll find is that when you read a story and you get the lessons by reading the story, they stick way better than oftentimes when you read a, a self-help book or a business marketing book or something to that extent because it's one thing to get the knowledge and information, but as Brandon has already eloquently said, and we've mentioned many times on this podcast, getting information, receiving information in a story format really helps things resonate with people. It's why we love movies, it's why we love books, it's why we love good um, television shows, is because the story is very compelling. And we can see the, the hero's journey from them being status quo, coming up from a problem they can't solve, having this kind of transformation, and then all of a sudden being able to overcome that problem when it comes back around. It's, if you look at any superhero movie, the easiest example is a superhero fails against the villain, they go through a transi transition where they learn, and the next time they come against the villain, they beat him. That's the whole thing with Marvel and the Avengers and Thanos, is they lost the first time, and then they were able to overcome him the second time. And so reading biographies and memoirs of people that are absolutely amazing and that inspire you and that have a lot to offer is a really great way. I read uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography that he wrote, and it was one of the uh, best things I've ever read because I learned so much about how to be charismatic and how to take a stand and then how to do things differently, how to you know, be uncomfortable in, uh, so how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations by reading his book. And so I really recommend to Brandon's point, reading biographies of successful people in business or in endeavors that you want to be successful in because you'll really learn well through that storytelling format. Excuse me. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Learn about your heroes. Yeah, that's it. Everyone, this was uh, another fun episode. Yeah. of the Minds on Muscle podcast. Thanks so much for this, Ben. That was fun. I really like doing these. I think we should do some more of these like open discussion formats. I think we get a lot of really great gold out of them. It was really fun for me too. Cool. Everyone, if you enjoyed this, please comment below. Let us know what you think are other qualities that we missed. And uh, we'll see everybody again real soon. See everyone soon. Ciao, guys. And guys. And people. <laughs>